Welcome to the You Can Make It So podcast, episode number 100. It's hard to believe, but here we are, our 100th episode. When we began this podcast back on February the 2nd, 2022, that's right, 2222, we did so with our first topic being habits. In fact, the title of our first episode was Habits that hold. And we've tried to keep to that. A habit that held. Every Tune In Tuesday, having a fresh episode of our podcast. And now, here we are in December of 2023, and we've reached 100 episodes. We've welcomed 18 guests along the way. We've had CEOs like Howard Bahar of Starbucks, David Siegel of Meetup, David Meltzer, Mark Mears. We've had Canadians like Jim Reed, Tom Story, Norm Bacall, Joe Tolzman. We've had consultants like Alan Weiss, Gene Moran, Ron Carucci, Matt Mayberry. We've had thought leaders like Phil Simon, Michael Lennox, Jeffrey Hall, Nick Sonnenberg, Larry Hagner. We've tackled topics like Habits, growth, what high achievers do, gratitude, clarity, progress, productivity, leadership, time management, momentum, communication, agile decision-making, intentionality, and even success in the stress. All of these reflective of the work that we do, helping individuals and teams lead with confidence and grow in clarity. I am deeply, profoundly, sincerely grateful to each and every one of you, to family and to friends, to our clients, for listening, for supporting, for encouraging, for suggesting, and for sharing our vision that great leaders don't grow alone and that with others behind you, you can make it so. In this month of December, we've been focusing on three words, reflect, refine, and ramp up. For our 100th episode and our final episode in 2023, we have a high-energy guest, Craig Siegel. And his story is one that I think many can relate to. And his mindset is one that many need in this complex world. So, for the 100th time, you ready? Let's get after it. Let's make it so. Well, I'm very excited to be welcoming uh, on our 100th episode of the You Can Make It So podcast, our special guest, Craig Siegel. Uh, Craig is a Wall Street Journal USA Today bestselling author of The Reinvention Formula. He's also a highly sought after global keynote speaker, rising thought leader, and top podcast host of the CLS Experience. And he's also a really engaging TEDx speaker. Uh, He's a six-time marathoner. He's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine and endorsed by some of the world's most recognizable celebrities, entertainers, athletes, and entrepreneurs. From a very early age, Craig knew that his purpose was to make a massive impact, but he didn't know how at the time. Some 35 years later, when the pandemic happened, Craig felt called to his true purpose and went all in by leaving his job on Wall Street, and he's never looked back. Craig's incredible mastery, energy, and inspiration has led to the rise of the CLS experience where he has built one of the most engaging communities that has impacted millions of lives worldwide. 
Craig believes that removing one's limiting beliefs is key to success in all of the areas of your life. And he has a unique ability to help people release their negative beliefs and change their mindsets into a positive way, not only in their personal lives, but their professional lives as well. He's truly committed and he's a go all in type of person. And he believes that the riskiest thing that you can do is play it safe. And as I like to say, Craig is the juggernaut of all juggernauts. And so I'm really excited to welcome Craig Siegel to the You Can Make It So podcast. My goodness. Can I bring you around with me? Can you be my hype man? That was unbelievable. I do have to make one small correction. We are now a seven-time marathoner after last week in New York City. But other than that, I loved it. I love you. I'm pumped to be here. Thank you for the honor of episode 100. Let's have some fun. Let's get nuts. Awesome. Well, let's let us learn a little bit about you, though we kind of touched on it during the intro. Tell us about your pathway to where you are now and how did this journey all begin for you? Yeah. You know, about three years ago in the beginning of the pandemic, I totally reinvented myself. Prior to that, I had spent 13 years on Wall Street. And prior to that, I didn't never necessarily knew what I wanted to do with my life. I wasn't one of those cats that woke up and was like, oh, I want to be in Hollywood or I want to play baseball. I didn't really know. Um, I wasn't super ambitious. I was passionate, just couldn't really put it together. And then I went to college. And after that, I was like, what now? I knew I had to do something. And then ultimately, I ended up at Wall Street. But simultaneously, at that time, I also stumbled upon personal development. And I began to become unplugged, if you will. And I started to elevate my consciousness and, and realize that I could work on myself. I can cultivate confidence. I could build relationships. I can gain charisma, all those things. And I ended up spending 13 years on Wall Street. And Wall Street was a lot of fun until it wasn't. Very stressful, unpredictable. Um, and ultimately, I just wanted to do good in the world and, and make people happy. And it got to a place where I was in a really dark place. I had left Wall Street, the stock thing, and started my own business, basically providing capital to businesses all across the country, which was nice and lucrative but it wasn't why I'm here. <laughs> and I wasn't exactly putting a dent in the universe. And so after 13 years and right before the pandemic, I found myself in a pretty dark place. I just got out of a toxic relationship. My best friend, my dad had just gotten diagnosed with cancer at the time. He's still battling. And I just wasn't in alignment. And that's putting it nicely. You know, I'd wake up every day and it was tough to get going because I wasn't inspired Right. And just to be clear, I gave everything I got to every day, but I knew that there was something more out there for me, just like there is for all of us. And I got into a pretty dark place. I was drinking a little bit more than I'd like to admit. I think I was just trying to escape my current reality, but I didn't stay there long. It was at that season where I discovered the, the beautiful sport of running. And this was pivotal because I had never been a runner before. I always like to work out and lift weights running forget about it you couldn't pay me to run but then all of a sudden i started running these marathons and i started to become obsessed with the journey of running and it's funny because you couldn't pay me to run and now i'm literally paying to run marathons but when i started running it and running well and fast it started to show me that number one it gave me purpose at a season when i was desperately looking to cling on to something but most importantly it showed me that I could be successful at something that I didn't necessarily have experience in. And I kept that with me. And then ultimately, fast forward to the pandemic, 
I mean, talk about a global awakening. For me, I took a second and I looked at this as an historic opportunity to reassess. I didn't think that there would ever be a time in my lifetime, this my human experience, where the world would really sit still like this and I would have an opportunity to reassess. And I took advantage of that. And I really connected and I blocked out the noise, the interference. And I really started to ask myself the tough questions like, am I really happy? Absolutely not. And then ultimately, what are my passions? What is my purpose? What am I good at? And I started to get downloads and it was like, of course, I had been obsessed with personal development for years, studying it, journaling it, taking classes. I just didn't think I was worthy of turning that into a career until I realized that that was much more than just a passion for me. That was my assignment. And I started my personal brand, CLS. And to be clear, I had no connections, no followers, no celebrity friends, nothing. And I'm an introvert. But I understood that if I wanted to make the biggest impact possible with the CLS brand, I need to come up with a vision. And so by creating what I like to call my 10-lane highway, with each lane representing a different way to make an impact and also do business, speaking, coaching, book deal, podcast, community, TED Talk, all the things, and then I reverse engineered it. For me, step one would be to build a brand because it doesn't matter how good my content is or how much I can help people. If there's no audience or nobody there to consume it, I got nothing. And so I really doubled down on building a brand and a community. And for the first time in my life, I was in alignment. I love this stuff. And I say very humbly over the last three years, the brand exploded. The universe liked my bold action. Podcast, one of the biggest on the planet, speaking all over the world, the record first time author book deal, all the things got engaged. And I sold the business on Wall Street. And this is it for me in some capacity for the rest of my life. And we're just getting warmed up. It took me 35 years, but better late than never. Absolutely. You know, in your book, Reinvention Formula, which, by the way, is an amazing book. It's real. It's raw. It's relatable. Uh, it's a must read for sure. Here's what you said about why you authored it. You said, I spent years investing in a story that I wasn't enough and that I made and that made me miserable, anxious, and depressed. I finally realized that I had a choice. I could choose a new story. I married my passion with my purpose and everything changed. I wanted to show everyone that they too can cultivate deep meaning in their life and reinvent themselves to experience massive success. So here's the question, and I guess it's actually three questions in one, but here we go. Is this feeling of not an enough and living inauthentic, something that's common. Why does it happen? And how did you kick the habit? Yeah, I think most people are living an inauthentic life because they do a lot of things that don't fill their cup or that don't light up their soul, right? And that was me for a very long time. And when I started my speaking engagements, I typically started off by asking the audience if they believe that they're here for something more than they're currently settling for. And I typically get 100% of the people to raise their hands. And that's good because there's awareness there, right? So now it's like, all right, well, how do we express our soul and make an impact in the world and, and so to speak? And that requires awareness and getting into alignment and figuring out what you're called to do and what you're good at and, and how you can make an impact. And like for me, when I put this all together, like I don't need anyone to like or, or support what I do. Obviously, I, I prefer that. I love it and very grateful and it would be nice, but I don't need it. 
it's what I'm doing right now is coming from my soul. I have to do it. I have to come on here and deliver and add value and create light in the world. And so most people don't realize that they have a choice because I didn't think I had a choice for so long. I thought that my story, my narrative was this. I was a Wall Street guy and make a certain amount of money. I'd always be stressed out. I'd have toxic relationships. This is my life. When I got really quiet, and I, I encourage all your listeners to be able to create time and space to get clarity, it occurred to me that I had a choice and I could easily double down on a different narrative. And I can choose, well, what can go right? How good can I stand it? What if I align my soul with my actions and, and take inspired action? And I just started giving life and energy to that story and that narrative. And I forgave myself for not being where I hoped I'd been at 35 years young. And I think that's key because none of us are perfect. In fact, we're all flawed and we all make mistakes at some point. But you got to forgive yourself, let that go, and really allocate all your energy and attention to what can you do next? How can you make an impact, make a contribution, unapologetically make a lot of money and so forth? And so it comes down to awareness, realizing that you do have a choice. And then if you're looking for something really tangible, your listeners to sink their teeth into, I would come up with two different lists. If you're really looking for clarity, you're not sure. A list of 10 things that you really love. For example, what would you want to wake up and do if you didn't have to worry about money and, and all that stuff? I don't care if it's traveling, reviewing movies, whatever your things are. And then a second list of all your X factors, the things that separate you, your skill sets. Everybody's got a few. And then somewhere in the middle, there's going to be some data, right? So for me, I was obsessed with personal development. That came easy. And then when I realized what I'm good at, I can communicate pretty effectively. And I'm relentless in going after what I want. And so I marry those two. Now, for someone listening, like, well, that's easy for you. I don't know. Okay, we'll make those lists and, and let's try some things. And clarity follows action. You got to get in the arena. And most likely, if you're listening to this podcast and you're inspired, you're going to take some action. If you do this exercise, which could potentially be a seven-figure exercise if you're willing to put in the work, if it's not the thing that you lean into, there's a very good chance that it will be the thing that leads to the thing. But you'll never know unless you get inside the arena. I love that. Uh, I think you and I are both men of lists. In fact, I have lists for my lists. Uh, oh, look, I got handwritten paper all over the place. I'm old school. I love to write stuff down. There's power in that. Absolutely, there is. There is indeed. In Reinvention Formula, I kept hearing you reference the power of community, networking, mentoring. Tell me more about that. You know, this day and age, especially, you got to have a support system. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be massive. But there's got to be a couple of people that can hold you accountable and that believe in you. And so for me, community is big for a couple of reasons. Number one, when I started CLS, I wanted there to be people to be able to digest and consume the stuff I was going to speak about and, and inspire people with. Because like I said earlier, it doesn't matter how good I am. If I don't have a community or an audience or anyone to listen to it, I got nothing. And so I wanted to build a very intimate, personal community and connection. And I think that's one of the reasons that's separated us. It's a very personal connection with us. And then secondly, just in life, if you want to get to that next level, you have to get in the rooms, put your ego aside, and be around people that aren't necessarily better 
than you, but are a little bit further ahead because it's contagious. At the very minimal, you're going to see what they're doing well that propels them to the next level. And that's priceless. And so you never want to be the smartest cat in the room because there's not so much you can learn that way. So whether it's a support system, people that you can rely upon, people that you can count on, or just want to gain nuggets. You know, I think that the way to succeed or accomplish whatever it is that you want to is to hop in a time machine. And I believe the way to hop in a time machine is to hire a coach or a mentor or go to an event or at the very minimal, listen to this podcast or read a book or something where you can get some information and then apply it. Obviously, if you have the means to work with a coach, I think that's best. Perspective, accountability, all that stuff. But at the very minimal, you have to be able to be in a frequency of of people that are prospering and doing great things because it's contagious. And so it's just a non-negotiable. Even for me, like I hired a coach for the first time for my running journey after six marathons and and we ran the best we ever ran and I still could have done better. But just being around those crazy cats that are running and training for marathons, it's just a vibe. It's like you want to be around people that also think as big, if not bigger than you, because it helps you expand your neural pathways and play a bigger game. And we're not going to be here forever, whether it's running business, relationships, whatever your thing is, community is absolutely non-negotiable for you to tap into to really get to that next level. And I want to be clear for anyone that's listening that might not have the means at the very minimal, you can listen to a podcast or download a book or do something to get in a room with big vibes and it will pay off 100%. Absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, in, in the book, as I as I read it, here's, here's a consistent thought I had. And I guess it's a question as well as a thought. Is the journey to authenticity about becoming or is the journey to your best self actually about unbecoming? What would you say to that? It's a great question. I would say unbecoming because what we're really doing here with reinvention is arriving at us, right? I, I want to arrive at me. That's what I basically do when I reinvent myself. And I want everybody to arrive at them. In other words, like, what? why are they here? What is the one thing that you've been denying? What's tugging at your soul? That's what I want you to arrive at. And it's already within you. Right. So you want to unbecome showing up as someone or something you're not being inauthentic. And and I speak from contrast. I showed up for years as someone that I thought the world wanted to see me as. But it's not even true. I, I kind of made that up. And I was a people pleaser and I was following the footsteps of other people's expectations. But that got me nowhere fast, at least internally. Like, yes, it's nice to have, you know, things and money and and stuff like that. But none of that stuff creates lasting fulfillment. The thing that creates lasting fulfillment is your connection. And whether that's God, universe, light, whatever your thing is, is getting closer to that and, and really creating big, meaningful spiritual goals. And when you do that and you make that the priority, all the other stuff will come, the physical stuff, all that. But the spiritual goals is what creates lasting fulfillment. And so it's a great question. I want everybody to arrive at themselves. What is the thing that you've been denying? And the way to do that is to unbecome showing up as the person that you're not. You know, failure and setback are are two words that haunt and halt us a lot. Uh, They halt us from, from beginning something and they haunt us from our possibility. How do you deal? 
go with those two words and, and what advice would you give to someone who's struggling with them? Because in your book, you say that there is a difference between failure and failing. If you're taking a shot at life, which all of us should be, you're going to be failing at times because that means you're trying and you're stepping out of your comfort zone. And spoiler alert, your comfort zone is a death sentence. So if you're failing, that tells me that you're trying, right? If you're a failure, that's finite. That means it's done, it's game over. And as long as that's not the case and you continue to try and adapt and grow and evolve and fail along the way, you're on the right path. In regards to setbacks and disappointment, look, nobody said this thing called life was gonna be easy. And if you wanna play big and put a real dent in the universe and live a meaningful life, that probably means you're going to be taking some big swings. But that also might mean that you have some big misses. But that's okay. Because that means you're in the arena. And you'll learn from those. And you'll be able to apply them to future endeavors. And it'll make you better, more battle-tested, more resilient, stronger. So those are par for the course. You just have to have the, the courage and the resilience to be able to persevere and keep going. And obviously pivot and adapt if need be. But be able to withstand the inevitable blows of life. I mean, even for me, like the marathon last week, you know, they say that the marathon doesn't really begin. You don't hit that wall until mile 18, 20. For me last week, I hit it at mile nine. That was unpredictable. And that's a little early. And when I hit that, I knew it was going to be a long day. And the voice in my head was demonic. I mean, I had, I had thoughts like, why did I tell anybody I was even running this thing? Because they were all trying, so many people were tracking me and so forth. But I fought back and I persevered and I overcame and I ended up running the fastest I ever ran. And that pain was temporary, but that marathon result will last forever. It's permanent. And that's so special. That was beautiful. And that's just one example of certain sacrifices and pains and setbacks that are along the journey. And if you're willing to keep trying and keep pushing forward and get back up and become battle tested, you can't lose. The only way you lose is if you're done. In, in my personal opinion. So failing and setbacks means that you're probably on the right path. Talking about the, the journey, um, you know, the journey of, of writing a book uh, is, a, is a powerful one in and of itself. As you look back on this whole process of, of writing the reinvention formula, tell me uh, some learnings that have come from. Relationships and community are huge. Today, actually, and I know it's not going to air today, but today is the three-month anniversary of our book launch. And I was thinking about it and writing the book, as it turns out, is kind of the easy part compared to marketing and spreading the message. And just to be clear, if you believe in what you wrote, if you believe you can help a lot of people, I believe it's your responsibility to showcase that and market it and get it out there because it can help people. It's not about us. And that's a full-time job in itself. I'll be honest. People keep asking me, what's next? What's next? And we got book deals and so forth. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm not even thinking about book number two right now because I gave the reinvention formula everything I had and I treated it as if it would be the only book I, I wrote. And that's how I know I left it all out there on the field. And when it comes to promoting it and so forth, one of the biggest factors in the commercial success of your book, and just to be clear, if you write a book and it helps just one person, I believe it's a success. But do a thing, do it well, right? We have audacious goals and so forth. And so we were going for a Wall Street Journal bestseller and all that and we hit it. And one of the things that I'm very grateful for and that I learned a lot is a lot of it comes down to your relationships. So for example, we have one of the biggest podcasts on the planet and we've had some unbelievable guests on and so forth. 
And one thing that I've done a really good job of, and I have not done a great job of everything, but this I, I have done really good at, is cultivate really thick, deep, meaningful relationships over the last few years since I reinvented myself. And I don't really like to ask for favors. It's probably a flaw. I should be better at it, ask for help and so forth. But I did ask for support for our book launch and everybody showed up for me, whether they bought it in bulk or they came on the, or they had me on their podcast or they did Instagram lives, everybody showed up and it was just such a beautiful moment for me. And it made me think that, you know, how rich you are is not the money in your bank account. It's the the meaning and, and purpose of your deepest relationships. And everybody seemed to show up for me the way I had for them over the years. And that was really beautiful. And so you know, selling a book is hard. It's a full-time job. But if you cultivate great relationships, they should go to bat for you and, and support you. We're running up against the clock. So I've got one quicker question for you. You talk about this in your book a lot, doing a eulogy exercise. Unpack that for us. Yeah, this is pretty deep stuff. So the eulogy exercise is what I did in the beginning of the pandemic to get the awareness that I was significantly underachieving in my life. And when I say eulogy exercise, this is the, I encourage everybody to consider if this was it for you in regards to your human experience, who would show up at your funeral? What would be said? And what kind of impact, legacy, or contribution did you leave behind? And for me, when I was really honest with myself, I realized I had underachieved all across the board. Not much of a legacy, not the greatest relationships, definitely not a gigantic impact or contribution. And that bothered me so badly that I began to associate death in, in the real world with continuing on that path and revisiting that eulogy exercise six months down the road, God forbid, six years. And so because I made that so real for myself, the very thought and consideration of trying something different and reinventing myself transformed from scariness to excitement because I was already living in my worst case scenario. And so at that moment, that's when I began to put together the downloads and the ideas about personal development and CLS and so forth. And it was a real good, honest, raw awakening at where I was, but not necessarily indication of where I can be. And so if anyone out there is going through it right now, and you know that you're here for something much more, it's a good exercise to take some inventory before you consider that next level of expansion. Well, you know, Craig, I want to thank you for being with us. Um, how can people get a hold of you and how can they become part of CLS? On social media, uh, anywhere, at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the CLS experience. Um, anywhere you buy books, the reinvention formula. If you like uh, inspirational texts throughout the week, and you live in the U.S., you could text me at 917-634-3796. Uh, text the word Frank, so I know you heard it here. And then go to our website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com to check out the community and so forth. It's exploding. It's exclusive, but you can obviously check it out and so forth. And most importantly, come say hello, whether it's social media or whatever the case may be. I love to interact. I love to meet great people. And I love to engage. And thank you so much for having me and for the awesome questions today. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I really want to encourage people to, to get a copy of Reinvention Formula. As I mentioned, it's raw, it's real, it's relatable, and it's a must-read indeed. And it's really for anyone from any background and any industry. And uh, we've added it to our 23 books for 2023. So that means that all of our clients get a, uh, who want it get a copy of it. 
Um, and if you uh, want to learn more about 23 books for 2023, just go to our website, phoenixlifecoachingcanada.com. And I want to encourage you to check out Craig's uh, website and all of his social media. We're going to put links in our podcast notes. And do make sure to check out his podcast, uh, The CLS Experience. I know I don't miss an episode. And uh, you'll always hear from some of the most well-known celebrities on the planet and how they've overcome struggles on their journey and on their way to achieving massive success in different facets of life. And do follow Craig on Instagram as well as keep up with his latest content and live events. And again, we're going to put everything on our in our podcast notes. Thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed this. All right, let's wrap up. Thank you to Craig for being our special guest on episode number 100. I encourage you to check out his links in our podcast notes. And if this content and this podcast is meaningful to you, it really would mean the world to me if you could rate it or write a review. It will give our podcast more exposure. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And all of those links are also in our podcast notes. I encourage you to start the new year with a new strategy and to personally and professionally lead with confidence and grow in clarity. You can use the link for a short 30-minute complimentary consultation. And let's see if we can help because great leaders don't grow alone. Once again, I'm so grateful that we've been together for 100 episodes. And thanks to those of you who faithfully each and every week listen to our podcast. And those of you who have joined us along the way, I hope that you'll continue on this ride. Next week, we launch 2024. Until we get together again next week, start living in a way today that will help you to thrive tomorrow. And remember, you can make it so.